health. I have shared uh, from time to time that it was a few months ago now that my wife and I were traveling overseas to speak at a conference uh, in the country of Jordan. And on our way, we went through New York. Because it's such a long trip, I said, let's stop in New York. Let's stay a couple of days. I said, I really want to just walk through the streets of New York and pray. And so we did this, not knowing what to expect, just wanted to do it and did it. And for three days, uh, there were several times that I went out alone and just walked the streets of Times Square and Fifth Avenue, different places, praying and looking into the faces of people. You know, there are thousands upon thousands of people just walking up and down the sidewalk there of Fifth Avenue. And as I looked into the faces of individuals, but as sometimes under my breath, sometimes not so much under my breath, I was praying for their salvation. I prayed for their souls, for their redemption, that they would be saved from eternal damnation that the Bible speaks of. And so in the process of this, there was one particular building that I had come to and I was waiting, the doors were not open yet. And uh, as I was standing there waiting and then they, they opened, there was a man and what looked to be possibly his daughter walked through the doors ahead of me. Now, they weren't just any people because when I looked upon them, I thought, now, they are blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled believers. I could tell by looking at them. There was a purity on them. And I didn't, I didn't say that to them. What I said to them was, is, you've got to be Pentecostal. And they turned and they said, why, Yes. And they shared with me that they had come from the state of Arizona and a church they attended. But we had a brief conversation and then it passed. Looking back on that moment, that time, it was the most significant moment for me in the whole trip. Hours praying in the streets. Days speaking in a conference. Hours upon hours of visiting and fellowship with the missionaries. That moment was a highlight to me in all of those days. That brief encounter because of the thousands upon thousands of faces that I had looked into this father and daughter stood out to me. I didn't realize how meaningful it would be to me until I came home. And then my wife and I decided, let's go to the Puyallup Fair. It's still going on. Let's, let's just catch a day there. And it was a sunny day. And so we went into the Puyallup Fair. And it was swamped. They said it was one of the highest attended days, I don't know, maybe, of course, of that year, but maybe in, in many years. And, you know, the, the aisles walking through the fair are about half as wide as this room. And the amount of people in front of you are as much as are sitting in these seats. And so pressing through the crowd and trying to negotiate all of that sea of humanity once again, looking into the faces of thousands upon thousands and yea, thousands of men, women, and children. We, uh, we were eating something. Don't remember what it was. Prano pups or something, corn dogs. 
And I looked off to my right, and there was a family sitting there on this concrete wall. And I looked at them, and I thought, them are Pentecostals. I looked over to my daughter, and I said, I think that, that family is Pentecostal family. She said, like, I'm not saying nothing. And so I looked one more time, and I said, are you folks Pentecostal? And they said, well, yes, Brother Schoonover. <laughs> Come to find out they attended the church in Renton. And then it, we walked a little bit more and we begin to head home or back to the car somewhere in the mega space out there. And through that teeming crowds of people walking and pushing and, you know, it seemed like it took 20 minutes to get from where we were out to the street, pushing through the crowd. And as I stepped through the red gate, the spirit of the Lord said something to me. And he, this is what he said. And can you believe it? Some of my children don't realize how significant they are. Some of my children do not realize how significant they are to me. And he took me back to the father and daughter in New York City. And then he reminded me of the family that it was sitting there among the teeming hundreds of thousands of people. You. You are significant. If you are a blood-bought, spirit-filled believer, I cannot impress upon you enough of your significance. I'd like to read to you a portion of scripture here. Luke, uh, no, no. Ezekiel 22 at verse 23. Start there. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And I have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity, divining lies unto them, saying, thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression, exercised robbery. They have vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. This is a bad situation. I sought for a man among them. that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. 
Therefore, have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. God reveals something about himself here. It's, it, it's attention-grabbing to listen to the description, God's description, of the, the society that he is describing and their condition. But then he makes a statement. I went looking. I went searching, and if I could have just found one man to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, to stand before me and the land, I would not have destroyed it. You, blood bought, spirit-filled believer have such significance and place in the earth, in God's kingdom, upon the earth, that when you make an appeal to him, the possibility is immeasurable. Now, I'd like us to take a moment of silence. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your head? Yesterday, on March 11th, 291 men, women and children went into eternity. They will wait for the white throne judgment and stand before the Lord. I attempted to pray while I was in the prayer room for those souls. But all I could pray was, God, have mercy. Because their time had run out. Today is March the 12th. We are approximately at the noon hour of the day. This morning, as we read for this service, 150 souls went into eternity. Before we lay our head on the bed tonight, approximately 150 more men, women, and children in the United States, not the world, in the United States. Facts, statistics, these are factual statistics. Today, on March the 12th, sometime after noon, there will be 150 
men, women, or children go into eternity. 100 of them will be from automobile collisions. These are facts. These are statistics. Brother Reuben, for the next 150 that are going to face eternity today, would you come and lead us in praying for these souls? Not those that already passed this morning, but for those that are going to today, this afternoon, and into the evening. Would you stand and pray with Brother Reuben? You know, Father. You know, Father. Oh, you're willing that no one should perish. Uh, but that all should come to the understanding of the truth. Uh, you know the way and the situations, Father, that engulf our lives sometimes. Uh, but you are the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, my soul cries out to you, the redeemer of my soul. Oh, I desire to be with you. You desire that all souls should come to repentance. Uh, Lord, I pray today I stand in the gap, Father, for those, Father, that are broken, that are hurting, that are lost without direction. Uh, we trust you that you're able to save. You're able to deliver. You're able to save. In the name of Jesus, Father, we cry out to you. We cry out to you. We stand in the gap and we intercede, Father, for those that are going the direction that's opposite to your will. We cry out to you. I pray the drawing of your spirit, Father, on the earth, uh, that we be yielded vessels to you to respond, Father, to the broken and the hurting. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Tomorrow is March the 13th. Approximately 291 souls men, women, and children will go into eternity. Brother Joel, would you, for the, for the approximately 300 souls that tomorrow on March the 12th are going to go into, or March the 13th, are going to go into eternity and wait and stand before the white throne judgment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray your spirit of intercession would be loosed right now upon your people. I pray the spirit, God, of conviction, the responsibility that is in us, Lord, as blood-bought, as spirit-filled believers, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we stand in the gap. We stand in the gap today. You search for a man, and we are that man. We are that young lady today. We stand up, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
God, we don't know all of their names, but you do. You know each and every one of them. I pray you send ministering angels. I pray you would send ministering spirits. Let the word of God be revealed to them in this last few hours of their life. Let the revelation of Jesus be loosed, I pray. Come on, you're the one he wants to use. It's your word spoken out. It's the cry of your heart. In the name of Jesus, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. My faith says there will be less than 150 souls going into eternity tonight because it was his spirit that said, you are significant to me to a degree that you don't know. Because I sought for one to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, to stand before me and the land. My faith says, less than 291 souls on March the 13th will go into eternity and very likely thoughts will come to them that cause them to turn in repentance towards the Lord. They may be driving down the road listening to a song and not even realize why am I thinking these thoughts or that encounter that I had with that individual when they spoke to me. It registered with me in some way. We have to come to the faith to know who we are in the earth as blood-bought, spirit-filled, spirit-led believers praying, interceding on the behalf of lost mankind. You see, you know when you believe in prayer because you pray. We know this is where our faith lies, that when we bend a knee, when we begin to make appeal, when we begin to intercede, when we call out even a specific name, There's hope. There's a chance. Book of Luke chapter 14. At verse 16. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper. This is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. He made a great supper and bade or invited many. 
He sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent begin to make excuses. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I just got married. Therefore, I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Now watch as our heavenly father reveals unto us his heartbeat. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets, the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways, the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. I was in the car with my wife just yesterday, and she turned and said, do you have direction for tomorrow? I said, yeah. Oh, that's good. Because it's uncommon for the Lord to speak to me too far in advance, but he did. And very specifically, I'm, I'm going to summarize for you. It was from the scripture, but I'm going to summarize. I don't want to read all this text here today. But he talked about the idea that you are going to Reap where you had not labored. Now, let me explain this to you. This doesn't mean we don't labor. That doesn't mean we reaped be, even though we didn't labor. What it means is labor, we should be laborers together with him. He said, send, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would send for laborers. So there needs to be workers. There needs to be those working and laboring. But he said, the reaping is going to come from places that you weren't laboring. See, we often do a, we, we get involved in a, uh, an event, a function, and then we want to do a balance sheet. Well, we worked this hard. We passed out these many. We did so many. And this is. In all my experience, in all of my years, we have never done a balance sheet that showed any profit. No matter how much we poured into something, no matter how much time we spent working on something, you couldn't do a balance sheet and say, well, look what happened with our great crusade. But people would slip in and come along from nowhere and somebody would run into somebody at a gas station and say, hey, what time service? I've been, the Lord's been dealing with me and I wanted to come. And, and you find that the Spirit of God draws people and brings people into the harvest seemingly from other fields that we weren't working in. But the key is we got to be working. We need to be laboring. Whether it's laboring in prayer, laboring in sowing seed, laboring in watering seed. You know, it dawned on me that Jesus made a reference about he that soweth and he that watereth. He said, you guys ain't nothing. He that soweth Nothing. He that watereth, that don't mean nothing. 
It's the Lord that gives the increase. Now, I know God's not saying, don't do that. That's worthless. But what he's saying is, is the focus is that I'm going to draw and bring the harvest. You be busy sowing. You be busy watering. You be busy praying. And I will do the work of drawing. No man cometh to God except the Spirit draw him. But be busy. <clears throat> For the night cometh. You know, it was the Lord that said, I must do the work of him that sent me. For the night cometh when no man can work anymore. The hour's late. We know that it's getting later. And time is running short. And so we must be about our father's business. We must have and walk in a faith that says everything I do means something. We push back because there's places in scripture says no, we're saved by faith, not from works. Somehow that that's an excuse. I don't I ain't doing nothing. I got faith. If that's, if, if, of course, if, if you're the focus of that faith. So in a few more days, I'm going to turn 65. They tell me most people are supposed to retire at 65. And I'm trying to figure out why I feel more burdened than I ever have. More compelled to do than I ever have. More faith to reach, to speak, to share, to pray than I ever have. Let's stand for a minute here in agreement for each other for one another. Lord Jesus, we present ourselves to you. We stand before you. We pray the ordering of our steps day in and day out, day after day, Father, that you would lead us and that you would put a boldness upon us and put your living word in our mouth and let your spirit draw the souls of men, Lord Jesus. Let them turn in repentance because that's your will, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. <clears throat> was after a uh, conversation that I had with Elder Hart. We were talking and I made a decision. I decided I'm going to start driving Uber. So I went through some necessary things and got my car ready and prepared. And I had been, you know, spending time at the church in the mornings for a considerable time praying for souls, just as I felt led to pray for souls. And uh, God would give me direction every day, okay? And so, I started doing this, and this, this is kind of how it plays out. These days, I get up around three o'clock. It's not, I don't set an alarm, it's just that that's when my body wakes up and my mind gets active and so I get up and uh, have a cup of coffee and I'll either pray or read the word 
And then at four o'clock, I start my car. I sit in my seat and I pray. And I say, Lord, I pray that you lead me to the souls that you want me to come into contact with today. And then I turn on the app. And when the app dings and I accept the ride, it gives me a name. Let's use Joel for a name here. And so you can pick up Joel at such and such address and the mapping starts taking off. And so I start to call out Joel's name. I begin praying for Joel. I talk to, Joel, to the Lord about Joel's family, about his experience, about the drawing of his spirit upon his life, about his need to turn to God and repent, that he would be saved from eternal damnation. I just keep praying and praying until I arrive and Joel gets in the car. While Joel's in the car, I'm waiting for any prompting of the Lord that he might give me. The other day, I just happened to be going to a funeral. And so I said to the young man who got in the car, hey, I'm, I'm on my way to a funeral. I'm glad that you were going the same way. Oh, really? Who died? And so I began to opportunity to open up and share and talk about the Siberian Seven and how they were involved as Pentecostals in Russia and the church. And before I knew it, where he's telling me, man, I haven't been to church for a long time. And so person after person, so Joel gets out, and I pray one more time for Joel. This has become such a significant part of my experience today at this age because I'm able to witness three, four, five times every day my faith says that if I am significant enough to God, that when I begin to call out an individual's name, God wants to be obligated to his word and the principles of his word. And he says, I will move. Yeah. I wish time would avail that I could tell you Story after story after story of some when all I do is, hey, you mind if I give you my card? Of course, it's not my card. It's the church card. It says Life Church in big, bold letters on it. Oh, Life Church. My mom and I have been talking about going back to church. And so the conversation goes. I am, I am persuaded, I am fully convinced that this is the will of God for me right now. I don't know what it is for you. Only you can answer that. I don't know what being about my father's business means to you between you and the Lord. But I do know that souls stand in the balance. Men, women, children, and their future stands in the balance with what we do with that. Amen? Now, I just want to encourage you. You are some of the most significant people in this town, if this is your town, if this is where you live. You are some of the most significant people in this city as a blood-bought, spirit-filled believer. And so your petition, your prayer, your beckoning, your showing up and saying to the Lord, I'm here, Lord. Send me. I avail myself to you. Lead me in my praying, Lord. Show me where to go. Direct my path. Now, when I tell some people, well, I'm doing Uber right now. They look at me like, you're doing what? 
Well, it's not typical Uber for me. Matter of fact, I shut off the delivery of food feature. I don't care about the food or the money for the gas. I want the souls. And so I have sat and waited along the curb talking to the Lord. I'm, I'm waiting for another soul, Lord. I'm waiting for another soul. The one that you're leading me to. The, t- the, the timing will be perfect if you've established it. And sometimes it'll go ding, 20-minute drive. 20-minute drive? Why would they sit? Oh, that's right. It's not about the ride. It's about who I'm going to get in the car with me. And I'm going to open my mouth and the spirit of witness is going to come upon me. And I'm going to testify. And I'm going to share. I don't know what it is for you. I can only answer for what it is right now for me. Why don't you stand? Tuesday is March the 14th. Recorded statistics in the United States of America say approximately 291 souls will go into eternity. I know when we use the word soul, sometimes it feels vague. I'd love if I could tell you, look, Bob, Bob doesn't know it. He's going to be in an auto collision. He's going to leave the house on Tuesday morning. And when he crosses Knob Hill on 16th, that other driver is going to be looking the other way or texting on his phone, and they're going to have a head-on collision. And Bob is going to go into eternity. Now, if I could tell you about Jenny or Debbie or Susie or Phyllis, They too. A hundred of them will leave the house on Tuesday morning not knowing they're never returning home. I wonder. I wonder if God would put Debbie on somebody's heart and they would intercede on Monday night. And Debbie would sleep in and be late to work. I was on the way to that funeral. I had about an hour between the time I left the house and the time the funeral started. And I just had this feeling come over me. And I thought, "Mm, should I, should I not? What if it's an airport ride? Then I'll be in trouble. I won't make the funeral. Yeah. Ding. Two blocks. And I pull in front of a house and a young man comes out and he says, I am late to work. I said, do you want me to speed it up a little bit? Oh, no, no, no. He said, I'm two hours late. And because he slept in. Because people have been praying for the salvation of souls in the Puget Sound region. He slept in and got into my car. And we talked about the kingdom of God and the church all the way to his work. And when he got out of the car, I knew a seed had been planted. I knew something triggered. Thoughts he hadn't thought about in a long time. That's where my faith is. I've said it more than one time. I want to do this every day. When when the Lord's gave me opportunity to witness, I want to do this every day. Now he's letting me do it four and five times a day. Now I have to get up early to do that. But my body is cooperating. Okay? What time is it, honey? Oh, it's 3.30. What 
What are you going to do? I'm going to get up and make some coffee because I want to get it in the car by 4 o'clock. Here's something interesting. 95% of the people that I pick up, they're either going to work or coming home from work. I had no idea. What are they? They're just not driving cars anymore? And I thought about the cost of parking, the cost of insurance, parking at work, parking at home. They're just choosing not to have cars. Hallelujah. And I get an opportunity every day. Every day. Is the spirit of witness upon you? Has he given to you the word of reconciliation? Sure he has. The promises in his word. He also promised that if we ask, if we knock, if we seek, the doors will be open to us. Somewhere the praying has got to take us somewhere. And I don't mean just personally in the deep things of the Holy Ghost. Here, let me, let me really mess with you. I'm at the church praying one morning, but my kids had borrowed my car. So I drove my truck over with the idea I'm going to Uber to my kid's house. So when I'm done praying, I hit, give me a ride. And a man pulls up and I said, he said, were you praying inside the church? I said, yes, I was. He said, I'm a preacher. What kind of a preacher are you? He said, Pentecostal preacher. He's from Kenya. Had a congregation in Tacoma. Sunday night, I was with them for five hours. And he's surprised that the door would open from an Uber ride. Oh, there's much more ahead. Because words out of his mouth were, this is a divine moment. And God has brought the two of us together. And there's things that you will show us and lead us into. Here, can I blow your mind a little more? Two weeks ago, I, I drove past that building and prayed for the assemblies that met there. And said, God, bring revelation. Bring understanding. Open their minds. It was the name on the building that caught my attention. But it's become a common practice. Driving through the streets of Tacoma, praying for the edifices that people are meeting on Sunday, opening the good book. And two weeks ago, I had driven by that building and prayed for that assembly. And now I was sitting at dinner with the leadership. today would you let your faith take you there would you let your faith take you there there's nothing impossible to them that believe and call upon his name come on let his faith take you there commune with him there's nothing too hard for the Lord there's nothing too hard for the Lord you know there was a time in my life when somebody was sharing stories that I reached out and said I'm going to have that I'm going to tell that story that will be a part of my experience it happened to me three times concerning the building in Puyallup. I wonder if there's anybody here with what you've been hearing from the voice of the Lord. Not from me, but what's God saying to you? Hey, 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 it's been my plan for you all along. If you just walk yielded to me, if you'll just be broken if you lose your life for my sake this is my path for you I got a witness in the Holy Ghost here I'm telling you this is his path for us 
in this hour, in this day. A light hit on a hill or set on a hill. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. His spirit indwelling in you. It is the word of life. It's the word of life. You have a word in you that flows through you that will quicken dormant souls, dead souls. Why did he give that example sending out the seven and say, raise the dead? Freely you have received, freely give. Raise them. He wants to give us his faith. This, this altar is open. Is the Lord speaking to you? Is the Lord elbowing you? Saying, son, daughter, this is my purpose for you in the earth. This is my purpose for you in this city. In these valleys up and down the valleys. This is my purpose in you. And you are more significant to, to me than you could ever know. The spirit and the prayer of intercession upon you is more significant to this community than you could ever know. share with you what I'm feeling for the direction of the close of this service. I feel like there is a, a strong spirit of intercessory prayer that wants to be made and will be made through many individuals. But I feel like some of us don't know if that's me or if I'm ready or if I can because of my own stuff. I'd like us to just pray. We do this from time to time pray a prayer of repentance if you would you know you and the Lord knows you come on before I can reach into my world I've got to be right with the Father would you just do that Lord God I'm using this day that you've given me I'm using this time this hour God that you've given me to turn towards you right now Father I'm repenting, Lord God, of any sin, any wrongdoing, anything, God, that's between you and me, God, because I truly want to be used by you and in your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that I have to be right with you, to be justified by the work of your spirit, your blood. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Father. 
Yes, Father. Come on, that's it. That's it. I'm not looking for emotion, but I see it. I see the work of God. Now, would you just let the Lord intercede through you as it's been ministered here today? God knows the need. He knows the soul. He knows the areas of reach and influence. Come on, let the Lord put some souls on your heart. Let the Lord put some faces into your mind that you would speak on their behalf, that you would minister on their behalf. Come on, let the Lord pray through you. Let the Lord pray through you. Would you do that? if some of you want to find somebody else to pray for, a brother or a sister, if you feel led to pray for them or with them, why don't you just obey the Holy Ghost here? Let the Lord minister through you. Come on, if you're praying by yourself, find that place of intercession. Find that spirit of intercession that would flow through you. Lord, use my prayer. Use my voice, God. This vessel, I pray, to flow through.
Amen. You can continue to pray. I just have one verse I want to read to you. Luke chapter 12, verse 4. Luke chapter 12, verse 4. This is instruction from the Lord. Now, as I was praying, I just felt the Lord prompt me and say, I'm not afraid to die. I know there's been some stories shared here, and I promise it was not with the intention of scaring or spooking anybody. But we're not afraid to die. And the instruction from the Lord says, I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. Verse 5, but I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. There's one that can do that. That's the Lord God Almighty. And he's not saying that like be afraid, but listen to him. I would say it this way. Be afraid not to listen to him, not to obey him, because that's what he has power to do. Thank you, Bishop, for ministering to us from the Lord. Before we go, I think we should just pray one more time. Lord, in your name, God, I receive this work that you're wanting to do in me and in us. God, I want to do my part in your kingdom. I want to seek you daily, Father, for instructions to be led by you. God, I want to seek after you to be about your business, to work in your kingdom. God, to be led by you, to speak as you would have me speak, Lord, to share words of life as you would have me share them. God, to share the good news of the gospel. God, I know there are men and women out there needing to hear this message, needing to hear the word and feel, God, your spirit at work in them. I pray, lead me, Father. Lead me, Lord Jesus, according to your will, according to your plan, according to your timing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we submit ourselves to you, O God. We submit ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. Lead me, God. Lead me, God. Lead me by your spirit, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. I pray it for those souls waiting to be reached, God. Those souls waiting, needing to hear the gospel. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Use us, Father. Amen. I trust you'll understand what I mean when I say I'm looking at a room of Uber drivers. I trust that you understand what I say and that you're not going to go register on the app. But we will do as Bishop has instructed and start my day with Lord lead me lead me where you want me to go put the person in my path you want me to talk with start there amen amen I encourage you start there tomorrow's a new day a new opportunity start there Lord lead me this day amen Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here on time. Thank you for giving yourselves to the work of the kingdom. We love you. God bless you. Remember, we've got some events taking place here after service. So 
feel free to fellowship with one another. Find someone maybe that you haven't had a chance to say hi to yet. Tell them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive an Uber for the Lord. Amen. And we will have some cake for Bishop as well. So God bless you. You're dismissed. Greet one another. Amen.